Welcome to Waiting for Review, a show that follows the journeys of two independent iOS developers. I'm Dave Knott, an iOS developer from Devon, England. And I'm Dave Wood, an iOS developer from Leicester, England. Join us as we discuss the development, code and technology of our independent journeys. Okay, so we're recording on April the 25th, which is a Wednesday, and we thought we'd just uh, have a quick quick catch-up on where we are with the new iPhone rumours, because um, there's been quite a few developments since we since we last spoke, Dave. Um, yep. So the latest one I saw was actually today at about lunchtime um, on Mac rumours. I'll chuck a link in the show notes. Um, it was a, a rumour claiming that... Uh, there's only going to be two models launched in the 4 as opposed to the current theory which is there's going to be three so there'll be the 7S and presumably 7S Plus then right. plus the uh, this new iPhone let's call it the iPhone 8 um, so this rumour kind of flies in the face of that saying nope there's only going to be two new phones and uh, the two models will have the sort of the new technology that's being rumoured so presumably that means the sort of bezel-less design, possibly an OLED screen. Yeah. Um, the Touch ID under the screen, probably, maybe. <laughs> so maybe still up for debate somewhat, isn't it? <laughs> so does this mean um, does this mean potentially that they're going to skip the S here? Is, is, that, um, is, is that what is happening, potentially, if that's true? That's how I read it. That's how I interpreted it, yeah. So that they would just come out with these two new phones that you know are going to contain the, the new technology that's been rumored so i guess maybe if we call it an eight and an eight plus yeah um if they're going to do two you know it would stand to reason that they would do uh you know a, a seven and a seven plus size device um i i'm not entirely sold on this rumor um I mean, no. I was kind of mentioning it for the for the sake of uh, full coverage, really. But I, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, um, not not hundred percent sure on. It just doesn't it doesn't feel quite right somehow. Mm. J- just the general gist of it. I mean, and you know, the the rumor says you know that the source is deep within the uh, the the supply chain. Um, but then they all say that, and they can't all be right. No. So. Um, and I mean, I, I guess I'm wondering because I, I saw something a few days ago as well that, that sort of implied that sort of similar to this, it may not be the sort of full complement as it were. Um, so it may not be S models and the sort of eight model. Um, but I'm not sure this is, I'm not sure this particular rumor of it sort of going straight into the eight and no, no S's as it were. I don't, I'm not sure that's going to bear out to be, be right. Uh, Oh, I don't. Th- I don't. Th- I don't think it'd make business sense um, for Apple because you know the eight is going to be a, a much more expensive device for them to manufacture. Yeah. There's no. There's no doubt about that. Um, I suppose they could just keep the. No, that wouldn't make sense either. I was going to suggest that they could keep the sevens in place as the as the lower end, you know, the entry level offering. But then, yeah, they normally do that in any way don't they so that they would have yeah it would have the 7 and then the 7s um yeah it, it no it doesn't um, add up somehow to me i mean i wouldn't be surprised if the 8 is released at 
essentially at the, at the same sort of time as, as, as the 7S and there is only one model. That that wouldn't surprise me as a sort of combination here of, of the rumours, really. Um, so you end up with a, a 7S, 7S Plus, and then there is only one 8 model to begin with. Um, if they've gone edge to edge and you've arguably got, you know, a, a bigger kind of screen space going on for the same sort of form factor as the 7 is right now, for example, um, it, w- it wouldn't surprise me if they sort of hold fire yep. on the Plus model. Um, and you know that 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 could be the switch. Certainly, if it's going to be that bit more expensive as well, um, I could certainly see that sort of being the way things play out. Have you have you seen have you seen the uh, sort of the dummy images that have come out of, yeah. of the uh, iPhone eight? Yeah, I've, I've seen a few of them. Um, yeah, this is I, where they've, they've got the sort of potential fingerprint scanner on the back rather than in the front that was one of them yeah so that that was uh yeah. that originated from like a a cad drawing I, I i guess the manufacturers have um that's that's in the context i saw anyway it's kind of like a photograph of a, a you know one of these cad cam machines um of the right. screen of that uh, but you've got a a, th- a theory on that on that not being a fingerprint scanner? Yeah, so I was looking and it looked, it kind of looked a little bit too big for a fingerprint scanner to me. I mean, um, and it, it sort of led me to wondering, well, maybe it's actually going to be a inductive charging point, um, sort of very similar to the watch. Um, hmm. You know, so an inductive charging point on the back would make a lot of sense. Whereas I think a fingerprint scanner on the back would kind of feel like they've, um, they've blown it slightly to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, because that's exactly what, um, <clears throat> that's exactly what Samsung do, isn't it? Um, there's a load of, load of Android phones that have their fingerprint scanners on the back. Um, so it, it, you know, it, it wouldn't look new and different. It would, it would look like they were sort of copying the competition to some degree if they, they had to do that. Yeah, um, I, I can't see that happening somehow. No, no, it, it would feel feel quite like a sort of backward step in a lot of ways. So, yeah, I, I do think that it's to to my mind when I saw the these um, these sort of leaked pictures, um, that that's what it looked like to me. Yeah, potentially, it's an inductive charging point. Would you um, say that's an important feature to you? I wouldn't say it's an important feature. Um, but I would say that it would be a sort of feature on the road to removing the ports on the device altogether in one form or another, certainly as they are now. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't think this is going to be the device that removes lightning, um, but we could be seeing a device after it or not too long after it um, that does. Yeah, yeah, there's no way lightning's going anywhere at any any time in the next few years. I wouldn't have said. I think they're they're kind of in. They've made a long term in, investment in the port, haven't they? Because you can see the way it's been rolled out across all of the devices, even the Apple Pencil, the Apple TV remote, um, even the the trackpad on my Mac now, the Magic Trackpad yeah. too. Um, yeah, it's um, the whole uh, inductive charging thing. Um, yeah, I'd say it's a welcome feature. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say 
don't add it. Yeah, by all means, add it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that would sway me massively because um, at, at night when I charge my watch, it it doesn't feel like wireless charging. Um, it, it feels that the the action of putting it on charge is almost the same as plugging in a lightning. It, you, you yeah, know, you're just making contact with two faces of material: the charger and the back of the watch, versus putting a little metal lug into a into a phone. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, I it's see, just I a different connector, really, like that. Yeah, yeah, I see why on the watch it, it made a lot of sense for the for the form factor the watch takes. Um, I can't, you know, imagine how awful it would have been if there had to be this uh, little lightning port somewhere on that watch. It would have it would have compromised the the look and feel of it massively, I think. So on the watch, yeah. I think that makes sense. Um, I don't feel a massive urge for it on the phone, but sure, if they can work out a nice, elegant way of doing it, go for it. You know, that's fine. You, you do realise what it would mean. Do you, do you realise what it would mean? You could listen to your lightning-enabled headphones and charge your phone at the same time again. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I still haven't been caught out by by that yet, but then I, I don't have an iPhone 7, but I can't imagine that I ever would find it an issue. No. I'm probably going to no, hear from I'm the quite... entire internet now, aren't I, telling me how, <laughs> how wrong I am. Uh, it, um, it's not really affected me with my, my 7, to be fair. Um, I've, I keep the Lightning um, headphones around in my bag as sort of a backup pair, and then otherwise I'm using Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, life life goes on. So, have you seen the the newest set of um, images of the iPhone 8? Uh, it's almost like a physical device has been had photographs taken of it. Almost like it's a, I, a dummy handset. I think I'm out of the loop on this one. Oh, um, right, okay. Was this today, or was this... Uh, it was... Let me have a look. When was it? Sorry, you can edit this bit out. <laughs> it was yesterday. <laughs> Yesterday it was posted okay. on on Mac Rumors, so right. just for the purpose of I this see. discussion, let me link you to it now. You don't need to read it; just the photo is uh, all you yeah, need to no, see. Yeah, I've got it. I've got it. As soon as I saw okay. that, and we'll put this link in the show notes. Um, as soon as I saw it, I, I was relieved, massively yeah, relieved. Because that, Assuming that this looks, is right and true and everything, that looks a lot more iPhone like, and we're not talking about a fingerprint scanner on the back so I mean to me that looks absolutely stunning I really I really like that design um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying I to I tried picking apart earlier why why I like it because it's not too far removed from you know the form fact we've been used to ever since the iPhone 6 yeah um, first of all the antenna lines aren't there on the on the stainless steel on the steel um, band I guess we'll call it a band that <laughs> goes yeah. around the phone. Um, so secondly, for the benefits of people listening, it is just like a metal band, isn't it? Just all the way around the outside. And yeah, then and it reminds me... It's just solid black. It reminds me very much of you know, my steel Apple Watch. Yeah. Um, and not only that, it kind of... It's reminiscent of my, my, my most favourite iPhone design, the iPhone 4, because if you scroll down, you'll see a, a picture of the back of it in someone's hand. Yeah. Um, so it looks like, I mean, that looks like glass to me on the back. <laughs> um, 
so we kind of got a glass sandwich device which if this is true this is um i would be incredibly happy with, with how this device is looking incredibly yeah. happy and again oh, okay. um no touch id sensor visible on the back um nor on the front so <laughs> <laughs> read into that what you will um but no, yeah. no very 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 impressed with with how this is shaping up to be i mean i, I think really the, the device everyone's hoping for, certainly I'm hoping for here, um, the, the Touch ID sensor is just embedded in the front and is kind of invisible. Yeah. You know, it's just, just part of it. Um, what's really going to be interesting from a sort of development point of view is where where it kind of sits within the screen itself. You know, we're still sort of talking it's below the screen and it's a separate kind of area. Um, I'm, I'm guessing there's going to be a cordoned off area that, us developers can't have access to. Yeah, I'm guessing that's almost going to be you know, reserved for the for the OS to to handle, and and it may be yep. through extensions that we might be able to get in there someday, um, and maybe expose some part of our app in there in some form or another. But in the short term, I I would not expect, I, I you know, not expect to get anywhere near that. Could be wrong. You know, in no. WWDC, they might they might prove us all wrong. Um, it, it could get very interesting because if you think think about it, it, we could end up sort of seeing navigation buttons kind of living down there and being much closer to the thumb. Yeah. Um, if you've kind of got the ability to add a, a sort of bar button to either side of the um, of the home button, mm-hmm. then that that could get quite interesting in terms of from develop, development point of view. You're instantly going to be talking about out with the old in with the new and loads of apps sort of looking old if they don't support that so it could be a good catalyst for for change yeah yeah i think it could um and sort of you know rethinking um yeah. sort of some of the navigation bar and that end end of stuff as well no it's, it's looking like a really nice device interestingly i'm um, reading into that article um saying that um, there's reports that the steel could be finished in a in a space black color. Ooh! So that got me wondering about the um, the stainless steel black Apple Watch. Yeah. So have you ever seen one of those in person? Yeah. Sort of. Yeah, I've been down to our, our Apple store. Yeah. Cool. Well, one of my um, one of my friends has one. Um, so I got the regular stainless, and he went for the. Um, the black stainless steel um if you compare our our watches side by side his is absolutely immaculate compared to mine i mean it's almost mint and you know it, right he's he's owned the watch since since launch day um i was a few months behind so in, in, technically mine's newer and it looks a lot worse i mean it, it's dinged up a little bit it's you know stainless <laughs> steel it's <laughs> it's not going to do so well over time i did polish it a little yeah. while ago which did help but there's well yeah um and the reason is i, th- I think it's yeah. um some kind of diamond like coating that they use to to make the the black on the stainless steel oh, crikey so so i mean it's incredibly really hard tough, wearing incredibly tough uh, i remember once we were out and uh we looked at his watch and thought oh no you scratched it you finally scratched it it, it turned <laughs> out the, the watch wasn't scratched it was something that the watch had sort of clipped against and had you know 
the material had rubbed off onto the watch from from what it had been hit against. So just a quick clean of a cloth, and it was back to looking brand new again. <laughs> so I, I would be incredibly interested if they were to do this with that steel band on uh, this iPhone eight that we're seeing. Yeah. Um, just in terms of longevity, uh, that that would be that would be great. If they could yeah, achieve that, the same effect while keeping it silver, um, as a look, I really like it. I love the contrast between the, you know, the, the front and the back being uh, the glossy black, and then that, that silver stainless steel look around the edge. I think that looks fantastic. Um, however, if that was that, if the space grey version, or space black, sorry, of the steel did come out, and it was using the same processor using the Apple Watch, I would my hand would be forced. I'd have to get that. <laughs> so, yeah you heard it here first i think i'll be in that same camp with you to be honest dave i, I think that would be a, a very good very good model to have um it makes a lot of sense all, all of that i mean we're kind of rumor milling here and you know time will tell <laughs> it's fun uh, exactly it? what they do obviously um but yeah it's it's interesting i have to kind of looking at this link now while we're on the show and sort of talking about it a bit more. Um, yeah, I think I could be quite excited about the new phones later on this year and I wasn't really sure I was going to be. So no, it's, 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 it's good to see sort of how things, things may be shaping up. Yeah. I think the rumors are going to come thick and fast. Now we're getting, getting to that point where you know, production's going to be ramping up soon and more things are going to get leaked and, in a way, it's a yeah. shame because I do kind of like the surprise of the keynote. But I think when you've got a product like the iPhone, it it's it's so hard for them, especially given the size of the supply chain. It's going to be really hard to keep under wraps. Yeah, and I wonder as well if if you know what I was saying before about the potential of um, there being an impact on developers here with the device. I, I wonder whether they may actually have to do some sort of pre-announcement because would you want to cover this at WWDC? I suspect they'll probably get the the bigger players, maybe, you know, EA and various others that are, you know, kind of app store celebrities, um, maybe give them a, early access and then have yeah. them up on stage during the keynote demoing, what they've made and emphasizing how simple it was to upgrade their app to behave in X, Y, and Z way and why we, us all developers should follow their lead. I've seen quite yeah. a bit of that in the past. Um, but would that happen at DubDub or would that happen later on for the iPhone I would, keynote I would expect itself? that to be in the iPhone keynote in September. I, yeah. That's why I, that's, you know, my two cents for whatever that's worth. <laughs> but, so yeah, it's going to be, it, 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 so kind of looking forwards and, and, and kind of sketching this out, that kind of means we could sort of look for the tells um, in terms of what is announced at WWDC as well and sort of see whether that indicates anything towards this. Yeah, you can normally get a good sniff, can't you, of what, what might be coming in the OS and therefore project that onto what might be coming in the hardware. So, yeah, we might. And, you know, when, when the... Uh, you know, iOS 11, the betas come out, you can sometimes find references to devices and things. So yeah, I think we might yeah. might have something to chew on quite quickly. So um, we were going to talk about stepping outside of your comfort zone and sort of times in your 
um, development in terms of your development as a developer and with your own business and everything else, um, times in which either of us have had to do that um, and where that's led. And I know, Dave, that you've had a little bit of that going on lately in terms of setting up your web consultancy um, and the work that you've been doing, sort of getting the business up and off the ground. Um, So I was thinking, could you kind of update us on where things are at? Because last time we talked, I think you were... Um, you were leafleting local business parks and areas and kind of doing a lot of the sort of literal legwork and getting set up, as we put it. Um, and I know there's, there's a lot more to it than that that has been going on as well. And I'm, I'm getting the impression some of this has been quite distinctly outside of your immediate comfort zone. Um, so how's it been going? Well, take a guess at how many uh, calls I've had as a result of my leafleting. Oh, go on. <laughs> None. <laughs> okay. Uh, which, to be fair, I, I did kind of expect. Um, right now, I'm happy that they just see the logo, and maybe when I hit them with a Facebook ad or a, a, a Google ad later down the road, then, yeah, that's fine. Um, it's, it's more about brand awareness. I went into it with my eyes open. Um, yeah. I know we spoke uh, possibly on here, possibly privately about um, open rates and response rates on that kind of uh, that kind of style of marketing, and I think it's about one or two percent. Um, so, given yeah. that I didn't actually get to a hundred leaflets or visit a hundred businesses, um, I think it was about seventy that I got around to. It would sound to reason that you know one percent would probably mean none. <laughs> It could go either way. It really could. You're, you're talking about one person, maybe, aren't you? If you're in the sort one of percent range, yeah. So, and you never know. They, you know, someone you know. might have thought, "Oh, good, I'll keep that," and now it's gone into a drawer and it will come out again. You know, because business owners are busy. Yeah. It's the bottom line, isn't it? So, I, absolutely, I would, I would be surprised if that I that leaflet went through the door, and they were like, "Ah, oh, good. This is exactly what I need. I'm going to get on the phone right now and sort this out because they've probably got a thousand other things that need to be done." Um, yeah. Um, yeah, more recently, I can relate to that. <laughs> uh, so I think we spoke about last episode, I started to do some uh, content marketing in that I'm yep. trying to encourage people to sign up to my mailing list and I'll email them loads of tips on how, sort of practical tips on how they can help themselves to make their website better. Um, that can range from things from copywriting, photography, um, even hints and tips on optimizing meta titles for SEO and yeah. it might be that a lot of these um, people that subscribe already have websites and they may have some means of access and control over those websites and they might think, oh, this is useful. I can actually take action following you know, the advice in this email and tweak my meta titles and maybe bubble up a little bit in the Google organic search ranking. So um, I'm trying to kind of maybe educates a bit of a strong word but kind of just show people that they, they can do they can do a lot to help themselves and then yeah. hopefully that that can maybe lead on to them asking me for some help down the road um if not that's fine they're more than welcome to the free advice <laughs> um so my plan as of this weekend was this week to um push a new version of my website out which is going to be emphasizing the mailing list sign up and then start the um, automation on my email campaign so that when you sign up, you kind of get drip-fed 
the emails yeah. over a, every, every X days you get a new a new email. Um, but then people started bubbling up from my kind of my network of people I already know um, with the potential of of work. Um, and actually, if it all comes off, I'm going to be very very busy very quickly which I know we've spoken <laughs> about before, it, it can seem like a, a million miles away, can't it? When yeah. when you're trying to get that first job and then you get the first job and then that first job's over and you're like, oh, damn it, I've got nothing again. And that, that's nearly where I'm at. Um, yeah. And and now these have come, come up. So given kind of my sort of life situation as well, um, for those that haven't listened to previous episodes, I'm currently in the process of taking some time to look after my eight-month-old son during the daytime. So I'll, I'll be fitting around um, my development work in the evenings and weekends. Um, so my time isn't isn't that that much for taking on num- you know, huge numbers of projects. So all I need really is one or two, and, I, and I'm fully booked. Yeah. So it's looking like that could potentially be the case. That's really good news kind of scary though in a way um and it, again it kind of leads on nicely to talking about stepping outside of of our comfort zone um yeah because i think with a potential with you know a sudden wave of interest suddenly it, it feels very real yeah um and you know that the time thing is the thing i worry about the most you know with the way with the way my kind of life is um i worry that and, and I've seen people do this before. They kind of take on too much, and then it kind of all falls to pieces. So I'm very, I'm very conscious. That I don't want to do that. I do not want to let people down at all. Um, and it, you can kind of, or I can anyway. Uh, you, you can feel very, very alone. I know sometimes saying people going it alone is often referred to as you know the dream. You, you've you've gone it alone, brilliant. But all of a sudden especially in the last few days, that alone word has kind of stuck out to me quite a lot because, <laughs> you know, it is just, it is just me. Cause when, when, when working as part of a team, you feel a sense of safety, um, knowing yeah. that the other guys have got your back. Um, I suppose you probably relate to that back in your, uh, previous employment as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that- um yeah. And, and then, then when you are kind of driving, driving the ship yourself and the only other person in it is you. Um, yeah, it can feel really quite scary at times. Um, I mean, obviously that's not so much my situation right now. I'm, I'm working for other people again at the moment, as, as we discussed last week. Um, but, you know, I still get that. I still get that with, um, with stuff that I've got going on at the moment as well. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's slightly different, but this this whole fact that, as, as again, we spoke about in previous episodes, I'm, I'm trying to, whilst I'm also doing contract work here right now, which is iOS development, and I've got my my own apps sort of on the side that I'm doing weekends and in odd bits of time, which I just don't have very much of right now at the moment. Alongside all of that, I'm trying to hunt work in, in New Zealand because we want to try and emigrate kind of as soon as possible really this year um and there are times that whole process the job hunting over there especially and you know putting 
together applications and covering letters and contacting people and doing all of that side of stuff, that, that actually can feel quite lonely in a lot of ways because the only person who can do it is me. You know, I mean, I have my wife on my side and we, we talk about all of this because we're going together as a family, of course we do. Um, but the doing, you know, the activity itself, that's that's all on me really right now to sort of sort out, you know, the logistics of, of getting a job and, and doing all of that. Um, and, yeah, it can be, it can kind of feel quite isolating at times because although there are some people I can talk to about bits of it, um, there's not necessarily anybody I can talk to about all of it who's been through exactly the same situation with, you know, exactly the same sort of skills and types of jobs or, or whatever the wrinkle is. Um, and I think um, I think that can be quite difficult at times, actually. So um, I guess I'm ju- at the moment I'm just kind of looking forward to the bit when I've got something landed job-wise and I can then move into the sort of slightly more more known phase of stuff again, really, you know. Um, and I would imagine in, in, in your situation with setting up the business and everything that you're doing there, um, you are, you're going to find these sort of periods where everything is brand new and you're sort of going through uncharted territory. And as we've said, you know, you, you don't, it's, it's you doing this, you don't have a team sort of backing you up with this. Um, I, I can imagine it is, it's going to feel isolating at times by default. Um, yeah. And, I guess the only thing I, I, I can sort of say with that really is it's, it's part of it. It's, it's something that has to be sort of worked through um, in one form or another because, um, you know, the gains that you're hoping to get on the other side, that's that, that's sort of what you're aiming at, really. Um, and I, I also think that, um, obviously, we, we were trying to talk specifically about sort of stepping outside of your comfort zone sort of on, on the show here and now, but... Um, kind of relating it back to that, this sort of thing where you are stepping into the unknown and you do feel kind of isolated with it. Um, the thing I have to remember is it doesn't feel like that forever. There are distinct phases with, with any any new thing in life. Um, and this sort of beginning phase can be the, the sort of scary, isolating phase. And then hopefully you hit the, the busy phase you know, where, where, where the work sort of started to pay off the, for the new thing and you're kind mm-hmm. of in flight with it. Um, and then beyond that, there's this kind of plateau that I, I think is, is quite common where, you know, things are kind of working, you're in a flow with things, and then, you know, it's on to the next thing, really, in, in one way or another. And, and that next thing may feel yeah, scary and isolating again at the time. Um so I guess, as, as trite as it sounds, I, I'd want to sort of relate back to you, sort of personally, in, in, with your situation right now, with with everything being brand new with the business. Um, that 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 feeling, that sort of isolated feeling, doesn't necessarily last forever. Um, and you know, it, it will hopefully soon subside, sort of once you're in flow with uh, with with clients and new work and all of that sort of thing. Yeah, I think the biggest yeah. thing for me is going to be completing a project because right now I've got stuff on, but none of it's complete yet. Yeah. And I think sort of that will represent some kind of closure that I, you know, obviously, obviously I know I can do it because I've been doing it for years for another company, but I've not done one for myself yet. 
Yeah. And, you know, even though it's, it's the same skill set, um, it just kind of, it kind of feels odd that I, I want to get one done. So I'm, I can feel like, yes, you can definitely do this for yourself yep. on your own. You've done one now on to the next one. Yeah. Um, you'll you'll have had the end to end with it all then. Um, ex- exactly. Exactly. Um, like you say, hopefully this, uh, this kind of isolated, scary feeling won't, won't last forever. Um, at the, at the moment, my kind of default reaction, um, to, um, any criticism that I get is almost to think about lowering my prices. I've kind of got this weird thing about pricing at the moment that I'm trying to work through in my head. Yeah. Um, because I'm quite different from, um, a lot of other local agencies in that I will just, I put my prices on my website. Um, albeit they're kind of from prices um, because obviously all websites are different. I can't you know, have one price for <laughs> every, every possible type of website. Um, but I've kind of made three packages, which are very sort of commonly asked for styles of website. Um, so the idea there was that, yeah, let's say a, a, a plumber looks at my website and thinks I'm needing a new website for my plumbing business. Um, they can see three styles of sites think okay i want package the third package um i even go on to give a little example of what sort of site you'll get for the starting price and then they can quickly maybe do some kind of back of the fag packet maths and think okay well i need a little bit more than what's been said there and the price is already this so they can kind of gauge probably in the head roughly what what they're looking at um and i had one person make a comment at me um that they thought it was expensive um, and my, my default reaction there was to, to run and update my website and almost drop my prices by a third, <laughs> <laughs> which probably wouldn't have been the smartest plan. Um, no, but yeah, I no, feel very vulnerable in that, that sense at the moment. Um, I mean, you have to be objective there and sort of remember that that is like, you know, N equals one. You've, you've had one person say that and they've not bought anything from you anyway. Um, no, I mean, this wasn't even a client. This was someone. Yeah who knew someone who knew someone and then the message got yeah. back to me, but, uh, yeah. Um, no, not, no. I, don't, I don't want to just compete on price. Um, I, I think I need to accept there'll be, you know, other developers that will kind of swoop in and with a, a cheaper price and inevitably will, will take work from me. Um, but really that, that's fine because if, if my, my the view I take personally is that if the client is, only focused on getting the cheapest possible price and not seeing the bigger picture in terms of quality and longevity. Um, cause I'm of the opinion that a website's never really finished. Um, even after yeah. the initial build, I think there's always, always, always stuff you, you can be doing to improve it. Um, so if the client is just taking the view that they want the cheapest possible build price, and then they're going to leave the website there to rot, I, it's probably a good thing that I lost the job in any case. Um, I, I would argue that they're, they're not your customer potentially yeah. it's it's um and, and as you were saying if you get one or two jobs right now that is your your workload kind of booked out yeah um, so i can almost afford to not win them all yeah i i, I would be saying you, you need to be looking um for the quality of customer to sort of reflect the quality of the business that you're trying to set up as well um and i think um you've just got to stick to your guns really um 
I mean, so the, the good side of all prices this, where they are for now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, the good side is is that you know I am putting my prices sort of out there. Yeah. So on balance, I think that it's probably going to be good because let, let's say I didn't put my prices out there, but the prices were what they were anyway. If someone came to me and I was kind of hiding behind get a quote button on my website and someone yeah. came to me and said, hey, can you give me a quote? And I spend hours talking through their requirements, putting together a proposal and then come back with a price and they go, oh, that's too expensive. Well, I've just wasted my time. Yes. So I think almost it's a almost a filtering mechanism. Yeah, right which, now, which again, uh, with your, your current time situation is, is probably ideal. Um, yeah, I need all the help I can get. Yeah, and, and and you need to be sort of filtering out the time wasters, as it were, um, and working with the clients that, like I said, are, that are going to appreciate the type of service that you're um, looking to provide. Um, so, I I think it's going to be very interesting when you've you've um, like you say when you've completed something sort of end to end, and I think it's also going to be very interesting to sort of see where you're at when um, you've. Um, you've had some success in terms of getting somebody come through the door completely cold as well. Mm-hmm. So somebody who's come to you via Google or via an advert that you've put out, um, which is not completely cold if they're just sort of responding to something you've done as it were, but something that is not through your immediate contact group. Yeah. Um, both of those things, I think when you've had one of each of those, that I, I think you're going to be feeling sort of much less kind of, in the unknown with it all really. Um, and I think, you know, between the two that that will start to inform where you want to take the business as well. Yeah. And I'm kind of looking forward to getting some sort of fresh contacts as well. Um, purely because I can kind of you know, onboard them properly. Um, whereas people I already know, um, there's kind of a, an informal element to the, to the situation because they kind of know me and I know them and it's kind of if, if it's someone that I've never met you can kind of be a bit more officious perhaps um, in the way that you get you go about things um, whereas people that I know might kind of be like you know what, what are you playing at you know getting all official with me and I, I don't want to yeah. be official to the point where I turn people off um, and sort of upset people but I think you know, I like to go through proper sort of processes when bringing a client on board from a lead all the way through to the quoting and scoping process through to development. Um, and, you know, with people that you already know, there can be kind of like, oh, well, we'll, we'll just rush over that bit. Um, yeah. So I, I want to make, you know, A, try and make sure that doesn't happen with the people I already know. Um, but, yeah, I think that'll make it a lot easier with, with fresh contacts. Oh, dude, it's it really is interesting because I, I sort of feel like um, you know we're we're both in this sort of state of flux right now, um, and certainly for me, I would argue I'm I'm not necessarily exactly where I thought I was going to be as well, um, and that's not a bad thing, um, but but it is it's this sort of constant assessment at the moment and just trying to sort of keep keep moving forwards really um it's certainly where i'm at um yeah it's uh it goes to show it's never quite by design is it no no but i think 
I, I, I would philosophically, I would argue as long as it's by intention. Um, yeah, you know, I'll, as long I'll as you sort of head. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that just about wraps up today's episode. Um, if you'd enjoyed the show, we would love for you to give us a review on iTunes. Or if you're an Overcast user, uh, it'd be great if you could recommend us by hitting the star button. Um, also, we'd like to add that we've now got our very own Slack that we'd like to invite you to. Our hope is that it can be a great place for fellow developers to come and hang out and get to know each other. Um, if you'd like to join, there'll be instructions in the show notes or send us a message to our Twitter account at WFR podcast. Um, so before we disappear, Dave, where can people find you online? You can find me at DaveWood.uk. Um, you can find my applications at RoboHeads. That's RoboHeads with a Z.com. Um, how about you, Dave? Uh, you can find my remote control for Cody at armchair-remote.com and my newest app, Space Readers, which helps kids learn to read at spacereaders.com. And finally, last but not least, my new web consulting business at root-digital.com. Awesome. Catch you next week, Dave. Great stuff. Cheers. <laughs>